for Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And we're going to get to the topic jar right away today because, of course, we just started and the last time and didn't shut up for 20 minutes. So, so this time, topic jar. Topic jar. Is that my writing or your writing? It's your writing. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. This is from somebody that uh, wrote in. I'm a cop. When is it safe to come out at work? Oh, shit. Or is it safe to come out at work? Wow. Okay. That's a good question. It's interesting because, um, I mean, we are people from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, you know, when people who in the past would meet me for the first time and then, you know, I disclose I'm a lesbian. Now I don't have to. I think it's kind of fucking obvious. <laughs> what? <laughs> but back in those days, I know, sorry, it's shocking. Um, when I was really closeted. You mean closeted. she's not your roommate? No, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my God, you just reminded me of Mary Lou, my mother. So I guess Sue isn't just your roommate. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> wow, Mary Lou. <laughs> you're sharp. Only took you how many years? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, now I digress. Now I forget what I was saying. That's hilarious. Oh, All walks of life. People would people would find out that I was gay, and then instantly they're like, oh, I know one of you, or my cousin is gay, or I had a friend in college who was gay. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how people are like, well, you know what? We're, we're more around you than you probably realize. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing with alcoholics. There's a lot of people who you don't know are alcoholics who you probably work with and spend time with. And they just don't disclose. Yeah. Um, and for some people, it's not safe. Um, there are people in all walks, in all professions, doctors, nurses, lawyers, bus drivers, pilots. That's why some of these smaller groups that are just for pilots or just for doctors or just for, for lawyers or yeah. cops have come up because they're worried about the public and what people might think about their ability to perform their job um, or even out them. I mean, some people yeah. I know have problems. Like there is a famous surgeon who's who says, why, well, Do- Bill and Dr. Bob didn't go to special groups. Right. But I, I think special groups are sometimes important because sometimes this will ruin someone's career. Yeah. So if you need to go to Birds of a Feather, which is the Pilots Association um, for people in AA, go. Right. Go. Whatever it takes. Yeah. We know lots of people in the rooms that are first line responders or celebrities or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about that before too. We've talked about etiquette and hopefully that's why another reason why it's so important to get a sponsor who has a little bit of a seasoning under their belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who can say to you, oh yeah, um, this lead singer of this group is at your, is at your meeting. Um, can you go up and ask them for an autograph? Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> um, you don't go up and tell them, you know, uh, you saw their last concert and you have one of their t-shirts, whatever. It's anonymous. They're there because they have a problem just like you do and they need to be on the same le- playing field, level playing field. Yeah. Um, and that's something that a sponsor would guide you with. And it's the same thing like if you hear you're at a meeting and you hear a cop share something, um, you then don't go and out them at their work, right? Yeah. They need to be able to share in a safe environment. 
So mm-hmm. back to the question, is it okay or when is it safe to come out at work? And I, I think that's something that only you can answer. You, you know, how do you, the people that you work with, yeah. how, how well do you know them? How much do you trust them? How much do you divulge? Um, and why, why do they need to know? What yeah. is your motive? Um, for a lot of people too, I think it has to do with that after work relationship Mm -hmm. after work everybody's going out for beers and now all of a sudden I don't feel comfortable going how do I disclose Mm -hmm. well like we talked about maybe this is one of those times where it's okay to tell a white lie you know oh I'm busy tonight I can't make it or another one that I've found that really works is I'm on it I'm on a new medication I can't drink alcohol yeah You've solved that problem of do I disclose or do I not disclose? And if you want to go out with them, you can still go out with them and they won't harass you for why you're not drinking. Yeah. I, I'm on a medication now. I can't drink. I know. Bummer. Totally sucks. Or I'm allergic. I know several people, especially in the Asian community, that are literally allergic to alcohol. Yep. They can't. Well, what happens? You don't want to know. Yeah. That's the way it is. Um, I know I have a friend who was in a, in a profession and she didn't disclose that um, she was an alcoholic and she was in this program. She'd been sober for 20 years and she was the boss and she had to let somebody go. And it was, I don't know, the person then, there was a staff party going on at the same time. But of course this person wasn't drinking, but they had to let this person go. They let the person go. Then the person went to the union and said that they were drunk, which was hilarious and that's when right. this person had to out themselves and say, "Interesting. I'm 20 years sober. I haven't had a drink in 20 years. You know, I could do a breathalyzer or a piss test. <laughs> you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no. But sometimes people are vindictive. So um, you need to be very um, certain that you're telling the right people. Yeah. I know people who they go to groups, but they go to groups across town. They go to groups uh, far away from where they option. work. And, yeah. and then talk about, uh, I know people who their first name in, in AA is not actually their first name. I know people who've done that too. But everybody in AA knows them as Bob. Yeah. But their name's Stephanie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a very close friend of mine that is in agony right now because she lied on an application about her. Her drug and alcohol use. <laughs> Sorry, I was ripping up the question. We're done with Lisa's that. Lisa's playing now. with paper. Um, I wonder if it'll pick that up. Uh, she, and she's like terrified now. But then I thought about what about all of us in recovery when it asks on an application how much alcohol do you consume? Or a lot of applications now will say, have you ever had a problem with? Right. Can you lie? Is that okay? How much do you disclose? Yeah. It's very tricky. And I think it depends on the organization too, um, because uh, like for some organizations, it'll be the lying is, they don't care about your past. They don't care that you drank. That's right. What they care about is, are you going to lie about it? Well, because then background checks start to happen and family members or friends are asked, has this person ever smoked weed? Has this person ever had a drinking problem Mm -hmm. to your knowledge? And now other people are having to lie for you. Yeah. Or they, or they don't, and they just go, yeah, yeah she's you're blacklisted in college. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, well, you lie. So this is the problem that one of my friends is going through, is she's like, I just should have been honest. I should have said, yeah. you know, I smoked pot, 
as, as recently as a year ago, it's not a thing for me. I do it every once in a while, or I actually don't have two drinks a week. I have si- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them, like saying you haven't done something when you have, I think is different than downplaying how much you drink by a couple of drinks. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. And maybe it's a cause for reflection on, on your habits and your behavior. You know, maybe that if, if you really want this job, that you might want to think about that. Oh, well, maybe that's uh, something I should think about. Um, it also highlights, too, how the stigma is still there. Absolutely. Um, I know people who are afraid to get help and go see treatment because they don't want to lose their job. But something terrible could happen if you continue on the way you are, struggling, and don't go to rehab, and you have this job. Yeah. And people people are depending on you. Yeah. Um, so I think if we as a society actually acknowledge, I, I know a guy who I work with who said alcoholism isn't a disease. That's ridiculous. That's a cop out. I hate it when people say that. Am I going to debate that with him? No, because he doesn't know I'm in this program. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm an alcoholic. And you know what? Uh, there was a time and place where the people I worked with were also my friends. Um, I don't have that experience anymore. They're my coworkers. You are my friend. Mm. Um, The people who I've met and and trust in AA, those people are my friends. Uh, People I've known outside of work for a long time, those are my friends. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. My coworkers are my coworkers. They are acquaintances. I can share, you know, anecdotes about my weekend. I can talk about movies with them. But maybe I don't want to share my personal life with them, and that's okay. Yeah. Um. I think it's first things first. You have to protect yourself and your sobriety. Um, so you might want to be careful. Yeah. And as a society, we need to step up and we need to protect these people who come to us at work and say, I have a problem. I need help. Yes. Great. Your job is secure and um, we're going to send you to treatment. Yes. For as long as it takes. Yeah. And I think there- it's... And then we learn as we go along. Like there was a lot of people... I told that I shouldn't have told in my first year. Like I remember my one year medallion, I was the first one. Mm-hmm. I was getting my hair cut and the person styling my hair who'd known me for a little while was like, oh, where are you going tonight? And I'm like, what am I, one year medallion? And they were like, what's that? I said, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was, it just completely <laughs> shocked them. They didn't know how to respond to me. Yeah. Then I felt embarrassed. Right. And I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Or that that podcast where I told the border guard how I had met the boyfriend I was going to visit. Yeah. I didn't need to tell him that. No. I was being honest. I met him at a convention. What kind of convention? An AA convention. What's that? And then it spun out. I could have just said, I met him through friends. Yeah. What friends? Friends that I was visiting down there. Mm -hmm. So there are, I now know where to be truthful and honest because I was so afraid of being dishonest at first that I put myself at risk being honest with the wrong people. Right. And these are great questions that a sponsor can help answer, right? That's another reason why a sponsor is good to have, because you can ask them those questions. Mm-hmm. What do I do if somebody asks me why I'm not drinking? Do I, do I disclose at work? Do I not disclose? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I tell the border guard I'm an alcoholic? <laughs> yes. Learn from that one. Yeah. I, I outed myself on radio. You did? Yeah. Like, outed yourself how? Um... I'm an alcoholic. I, oh. now, I now don't drink anymore. And I was the party girl. Wow. I was known as the rockin' party chick. And, and 
and now all of a sudden my whole persona is changing Mm-hmm. And it was, I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't following the advice of a sponsor. Um, and I didn't want to go to events anymore where I'd be given free liquor. And so I thought if I did this, then they would respect that. And they, they said, well, no, that's your job to go to these events. If you have a problem, just tell them you don't want liquor. Like, yeah, well, it's really hard for an alcoholic to turn down liquor yeah. <laughs> when they're new. I have heard that so many times where people have relapsed because someone handed them on a tray at a wedding or whatever a glass of wine and within a second they're drinking it and they're like, oh my God, how did this happen? Yeah. So what happens if someone serves you booze? I've done where I have taken it and then put it down somewhere Mm -hmm. um, and I've also done where I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and 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 I regretted coming out that early. And I didn't ask anybody for advice or help. Mm-hmm. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Uh, you didn't have a paid sober coach? <laughs> <laughs> this is something that will make Lisa's blood pressure go up. The notion of paid sober coaches. Fuck. Fuck me. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to talk about it and you're a paid sober coach, call me up. And I'll tell you why I think it's not a good idea. <laughs> and why it doesn't work. Anyway. Um, that's a topic for another day. That sure is. Yeah. Is that it? I think we're good. I forget. I forget if there was anything else. Oh yeah. It was about the cop question. Yeah. So hopefully we answered that and it really, at the end of the day, it is a personal choice. Yeah. Um, just, I would discuss it with your sponsor and I would take time to think about it and ask yourself, is this safe for me? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And you're... And you're sober today. That's what that's what matters. Yeah. That you're sober today and that you know it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, nothing can ever take your truth away from you. And sometimes we have to sacrifice huge things in order to just live our own truth. And some of us have to come to the crossroad of, is my job more important? Is feeding my family more important? Is my recovery more important? Like these are hard questions. It's easy to say to someone, well, whatever you put above your recovery, you will lose. And if what matters more, you won't be alive if you're not sober. But it's not that easy. I, radio was my passion. It was my life. I, again, the absolutes. I never thought I would adjust or recover to life outside of radio. I never thought that I would have another career Um, this was it. That was all I was ever going to do. I went to school for radio broadcasting and that was it. And then there came a time when I started to struggle. I'm, I'm sober and I'm in an industry where alcohol is like celebrated and, and people are drinking all the time. And it was just too difficult for me. And I made a choice. I had to walk away from that career at that time, mm-hmm. now I think I could do that career, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if I want to. I have different values today too. So, um, But then at that moment, it was a choice. It was this career or get and stay sober. Yeah. And I had to walk away from that job that I loved in order to get and stay sober and maintain my sobriety. Yeah. It was just what I needed to do at the time. And that was killer for a while. Yeah. We make a lot of sacrifices to protect our sobriety. Mm-hmm. Many of us have to leave marriages, have to leave jobs. It's it's a sad state of affairs. So anybody that says this is not a disease, like, that's fine. But you tell me how the wreckage of all this makes sense then. But we're good now. Yeah. 
I'm One gl- day at a time. I'm glad I've made the choices that I made, and I wasn't always. My life has never been better than it is right now, and that has everything to do with the fact that I'm sober. And it doesn't mean that the choices that you made to get to where you are weren't difficult and painful. No, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know your story, and you know mine. Yeah. So, thanks for that uh, question. We love those emails. We love your questions. And if you just want to tell us uh, about what you think about the show or what you'd like to hear more of, then please uh, send us an email to soberchicks at gmail.com. That's the number two, soberchicks at gmail.com. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Sober Chicks. Chicks.